All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. My God, it's been a while. It's been a while. Where in the so... world ought we begin? Oh, well, I think I know exactly where we ought to begin. I have an idea. Yeah, I think so. Um, Remember that guy that we talk about a little bit? Just like a little investment we've been cooking up for like six years. Mm-hmm. And we, we really thought that that investment was going to be... We bought low. We bought low. <laughs> yeah. We bought super low. Yeah. And we thought, you know, this... We thought because of the environment and changes that might happen... We were going to be able to fully forgive this person and let them into our our trust circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and boy, let me wow. tell you. Wow. Yeah, we held on just long enough. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Well, and the other thing is, like, for six years, Never Trust Will Smith was, I mean, like, obviously a gag. It was be- a joke. Because... He seems so affable. Right. And not a loose cannon. Right. It's like, it's obviously what a silly person to have some kind of vendetta against. So now if we want to like, <laughs> it almost would make sense in keeping with the bit to decide that now we trust Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust Will Smith was also, it was, it was very heavily Jada influenced as well. Well, that's what I thought too. It's like, we deserve some slaps because like, I think, I think the origin was based on Jada and yeah. certainly a lot of weeks. <laughs> we deserve were, some slaps. Uh, like, <laughs> I think we do. Like we have not kept her, her name out we, of our mouths. <laughs> we have not. <laughs> and I... I actually, the thought went through my mind. Like, I wonder if Will Smith, if for some reason in the weirdest timeline, he found this podcast and found that we were saying never trust Will Smith for so long. Mm -hmm. If he would have any sense of humor about it. Now, I don't think he would. Definitely not. No. (laughs) And and we would be slapped. Yeah. No, there's somewhere in the multiverse. There's a a real Will Smith show show beef. Okay. So just (laughs) in case the audience doesn't know. (laughs) Chris Rock. Told a joke. Congratulations quickly. on waking up from your coma, by the way. You, yeah. You, you totally missed like a crazy Oscars, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I have never been more shocked in my life mm-hmm. by Chris Rock being slapped on stage by Will Smith and even like pushed even further by yeah. the words that Will Smith said. Absolutely. Once he, that, like, that was almost like scary. Everyone keeps was, talking about the slap. And obviously, like, the physical assault is a factor. Yeah. But I think him screeching from his seat was more chilling. The, the aggression and the yeah. seriousness, like, he, he was just like an angry, angry man. Yes. And so I didn't stay up and watch the Oscars. So, like, the red carpet is on, and I do this every year. I decide I'm going to watch four hours of the Oscars, and then by, you know, the fourth hour, I hate myself. Because right. what a waste of time this has been. But I sent you a selfie of me with, like, Will and Jada on the red carpet in the background. And I'm like, here we go. And yeah. you're like, dude, I don't even care anymore. I was like, man, I, I'm not going to be... I just knew I wasn't going to be able to stay up. And yeah. I, like, hadn't watched all of the movies. And it, it's just not the year for me to be, like, fully into the Oscars. Sure. I know all of the kind of like plot points that I should be looking for, all that fun stuff. But I was like, and the I'll Oscars c- kind of suck. Like, yeah, you, you never have to justify not wanting to watch the Oscars. Totally. Right. I'll just catch up tomorrow. Yeah. And when I wake up at 5 a.m., I have a text from Sweets <laughs> saying, "Dude, we will never be trusting Will Smith." Like, I I wasn't gonna message you, but I know that your notifications are silent. So I just want to be the first to let you yeah. know. Yeah. That and I was my head started like 
the wheels started turning like what so he just didn't win an oscar was he just like pissed like that would be a shock like if he yeah. didn't win i was like okay so like what are we and then i just google will smith mm-hmm. and it's like will smith slaps chris rock and i'm like oh where did that happen like after pre- on yeah. stage what <laughs> and then i'm like can i find a video okay an uncensored video let's find this and this shot i didn't i don't think i stopped thinking about it no for like five hours i didn't go to bed until one o'clock because i was too amped up it yeah so it was weird it was like i entered another timeline how long into the show was it that this happened about two-thirds it okay about, it was about a half an hour before he won the oscar so final stretch yes. everyone's just sitting with well, this slap. final stretch. So on the one hand, it didn't cast a pall over the whole ceremony, but it did spoil most of the good awards, right? Because yeah. all of the good ones are at the end. Yeah. And so obviously Questlove gets up next. There's some discussion over like how Questlove had his moment stolen. And I mean, he did. Like yeah. you, you aren't thinking about Questlove while he's up there. But right. the fact that he's a little emotional and shaken, as it turns out, has nothing to do with Will Smith because he said that he was meditating until the point that he won. So like oh. he had somebody nudge him if he won, and then he was just going to like snap out of it. And so he's up there. He hugs Will Smith on his way to the microphone. And Whoa. you can, no one's talking about this. You can see Chris Rock in the background be like, what the fuck? No way. You can be so like, he was, like, what he, did, am I, like, you can see Chris Rock processing it in real time because the presenter has to keep standing there, right? Yeah. But this thing has just happened to him and you can see Chris Rock processing Am I crazy? Am I the villain in what just happened? So Questlove was meditating. Yes. And had his eyes closed and was completely... I find this part hard to believe. I don't... I, I'm an unsuccessful meditator. And sure. so it's hard for me to relate to it as well. But the idea of a successful meditation is that you are not present in your physical self anymore, right? And so the idea was like, okay, I'm just going to completely zone out. Like he was he was so successful that he was like just, I don't know, like listening to his breathing or whatever and completely did not take in any... He did not hear Will Smith shouting, take my right. wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Right, or just like you, you didn't sense the, the energy shift in the room. You didn't hear the whole crowd go, whoa. Yeah, it makes it's me very wonder. weird. So he hugged Will Smith after. Well, they're both Philly boys, right? Like right. They're, they're two like... What was Will Smith's reaction to the hug? Was he just like, oh, this is good? Will Smith offered it. That's, oh. the, that's the other creepy thing about Will Smith. And we can talk about like whether or not he should have gotten to sit in the front row the rest of the uh, production. But like something that was kind of weird and probably dissociating for Chris Rock is that Will Smith acted as if nothing had gone wrong between the altercation and... And when he got on on stage again to win his Oscar, which of course that was like an emotional uh, bag of hammers. But like, yeah. every, anytime somebody comes out and like makes a joke, Diddy comes out shortly after, and he's like, "We're gonna settle this, like boys." And like, yeah. Will Smith is laughing, like, "Ah, oh, it's all in good fun." But clearly, it was not all in good fun. No. So he like offers Questlove a hug, and Questlove's like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Questlove's emotional about his folks, gives a nice speech, and then. Um, consecutively, like all of these uncomfortable things start happening. Jessica Chastain gets up to accept Best Actress, and I said this when I did a little a little mini show show a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Like the way they've set up the Dolby is such that the biggest stars, a la Will Smith, yeah. are sitting in like Lazy Boys, basically close enough that they could put their feet on the stage. Right, and so <laughs> Chastain, for example, gets up there and she has like a message she wants to communicate about like the suicide epidemic and will smith is just like sitting there 
shit-eating grin. And I'm not saying that that was like threatening to her, but it's probably distracting. Right. Because it's all anybody can think of. Yeah. Certainly Coda winning Best Picture. It's not the Coda Oscars. No. No one's going to be like, that. hey, that your Coda one. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, there was a weird moment nobody's talking about. There's so many weird things that, and I'm going to be scatterbrained for this podcast, but like, for example... Um, during the Will Smith uh, acceptance speech, they keep cutting to the Williams sisters. Yeah. And uh, Venus Williams has like a full boob out. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like you know, the, 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 I'm so happy we're doing this podcast because there's a lot for me to catch up on. Nobody like, is, t- like, you know how big of a story the Janet Jackson thing was? Yeah. Nobody has even talked about uh, Venus Williams' major wardrobe malfunction that they cut to twice before the director knew Realized? what they were doing it. Oh my God. Um, another one is like, you know, the whole Jane Campion said the shitty thing about the, the Williams sisters at like the PGAs or something. No, I don't. What what happened there? Jane Campion was the presumptive winner of many Academy Awards. She did win Best Director, but there was a good chance she was going to win Best Adapted Screenplay for right. Power of the Dog and maybe Best Picture as well. Yeah. Um, but at one of the... Uh, prior award shows i forget which one she got on mic to accept an award and she implied that she had it harder than the williams sisters because she's had to uh go against men all her career oh yikes it's just a stupid mean thing to say wow and so the poor williams sisters caught strays at two major award shows and and so there was some discussion about like this one had an accidental wardrobe yeah it was a bad season for them um the uh Voting was still open. The Oscar voting was still open when Jane Campion said that shitty thing. So she quickly mm. made an apology and there was some speculation about whether or not saying that lousy thing would uh, poison her chances at the Oscars. Right. And I don't think necessarily it did. And in, in fact, she did win Best Director. Yeah. But then she has the nerve to be shitty again. Kevin Costner gets up and he gives this like long... Uh, story about the first time he went to the movies by himself when he was a teenager. Okay. And it was like a little schmaltzy... But fuck it. Like, I'm so sick of the Oscars being really cynical. They sent Wanda Sykes to the goddamn Academy Museum that they've been teasing for five years, and all she did was make fun of movies the whole time. Right. And I kind of wish the Oscars would be proud to like movies again. And so Uh when Kevin Costner got up and he's like, man, I was a boy and I fell in love with movies, I I actually really enjoyed that. And then he gives Best Director to Jane Campion, and as she's accepting the award from him, she rolls her eyes and she goes, thank you, Kevin. That was very dramatic. What the fuck? I don't know why everybody was crazy. in such a shitty mood. Granted, it was after Will Smith, so maybe everybody was just uncomfortable. That was very everything. dramatic. It was very dramatic. <laughs> what a thing to say. Does she have like a reputation for just like... like She does now. Cons- yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so back to Will Smith. Um, he wins the Academy Award, which was to no surprise. Samuel L. Jackson and the rest of the cast of Pulp Fiction present it to him. Oh, okay. They... I don't think I put that together. So it was like John Travolta and... Well, what, and... They, what they did was they... And this this is an example of what I want from the Oscars, trying but failing to give me what I want, mm-hmm. trying to celebrate movies. They had four uh, specific films celebrating an anniversary. And they did like a little uh, tribute to those movies scattered throughout the show. Mm. The thing is, two of the four movies are bona fide, stone cold, cinema defining classics. Right. The Godfather, mm-hmm. celebrating 50 years, sure. and Pulp Fiction. And the other two are White Men Can't Jump and Juno. Oh, and yeah, so that's, that's like, a weird uh, like dichotomy. Really there. not the same as the other two. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction, by the way, celebrating 28 years, which is not a significant milestone. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were going to tell me 30. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. Okay. So that was weird. And so uh, 
Thurman and Travolta and Jackson present Best Actor to Will Smith, and they're like, Will Smith! They're so excited. Yeah, they're like hugging him and stuff. Yeah, well, and Will Smith might have some, like, uh, Scientological uh, backstory with John Travolta. I don't know. Is that still going on? No. I read a whole thing. So he's not... He's not a Scientologist, but he has been a donor in the past. And you have seen the thing about, like, apparently that's an okay... Like, slapping people is, like, an okay... uh, no fuck response you. i swear to god i swear <laughs> god. to god like oh, no. it, there's like a scientology thing there was this big write-up and uh larry larry um wilmore was talking about it a little bit on uh simmons yeah. on simmons where yeah. he was like like there's actually like a thing there was like a twitter thread saying that like like apparently in scientology if you're disrespected like you are supposed to like it is okay discourse to just slap a person in the face. And so like apparently Will Smith did this a couple of years ago to like an interviewer or something. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah. It's like why why is that not bigger news? But Yeah, cuz he's famously not a loose cannon. He's yeah. always a nice guy. Yeah. But you're supposed to like be confrontational, I guess. So Will Smith gets <laughs> up and he's very emotional. He gives by far and away the longest best actors acceptance speech, probably the best, the longest Oscar acceptance speech in history. I think yeah. because they're just like afraid to play him off. Yeah. Not afraid of Will Smith, but like the ratings are, are just like through the roof all of a sudden. Right. And it's creepy and weird. On the one hand, I think it's clever that he was so quickly able to liken uh, his emotional outburst to that of Richard Williams. Yeah. He's kind of able to be like, well, we're both protectors of family, wink. Right. But then also he is justifying what he did, which is uncool. He apologized to the Academy, but not to Chris Rock. Um, and he gets a standing ovation from Ever. You know, a few hundred celebrities who which, are undoubtedly uncomfortable and just like following the yeah. herd. But like, all you have to do is say some bullshit and be emotional and people will clap in a room. Right. And Jim Carrey was like, that was disgusting. Yeah, like I know. You saw that. And there were some other people that were like gross. Well, I love the Jim Carrey interview because... The, I didn't watch the interview. I just so, heard. Yeah, he just said, I'm embarrassed to be a part of this community. We are not the cool kids anymore. Yeah. I think that when Jim said, I would have, the next morning, I would have announced that I was suing Will Smith for $200 million. I thought that was a little dramatic. (laughs) Although he is right. It's never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, But Gail King, uh, she's like, I agree that you should never assault somebody. But like, I just thought that it escalated and... And Jim Carrey was like, it didn't escalate. You're nuts. He's like, it was de-escalated by Chris Rock, maybe. Right. But no, it happened very friggin' fast. Yeah. Because there are some demons inside of Will Smith that we have not been checking. Totally. And and props to Chris. Like, Chris Rock is the unsung hero in everything. Yes. Because he took that took that slap, like, no, like just bounced back. I've thought and about was like, that a lot. Whoa. What if he just lost his balance? Like, Will Smith is six foot three. Yeah. Chris Rock is not. Yeah. What, like, I'm, I, I'm not saying, like, he got punched closed fist, but, like, just by surprise, he yeah. hadn't braced himself. What if he fell over? Yeah. It would have been... It would have been heartbreaking. Insanely... It would have been... Like, I mean, it was as crazy as it was. Like, yeah. Would Will Smith have helped him up? But he still... He must be thinking about this so much, like, like the embarrassment of being slapped mm-hmm. on stage at the Oscars by Will Smith mm-hmm. and being like he must be turning over in his head like should i have went after him at that point you can see him choose not to yeah when the when the audio comes back in they have their little thing dude it's a gi jane joke get my wife's name out your fucking mouth and then he says boy i could yeah m dash m dash right and he goes uh 
And then he goes back to the prompter. Yeah. And he flubs a little bit. You can see that he's frazzled. He does. He is. Of course. Like, of I'm course. surprised he was able to, to even look at the teleprompter to know what to do next. Yeah. Like, man, what a friggin' moment. And so he, he goes through it and like, you know, he's like, this is the greatest night in the history of television. Crack a joke. Then, uh, then he gets those two refrains. By the way. Making a jo- a GI Jane joke, I was kind of like, is the GI Jane joke like an adultery joke? And then I realized, like, oh, it's because she shaves her head in GI Jane. I I because like a lot of people thought it was a bit because it was so bizarre. Yeah, I did too. And I know little enough about GI Jane that I assumed Jada was in GI Jane one. Yeah, I I looked it up. Yeah, I, I thought I was she like, might have been like well, another one of the because the joke was Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz are both nominated tonight. They can't. One of them can't win and not the other because it's going to be awkward. Right. But the idea is that Javier Bardem uh, was in a good movie and Penelope Cruz was in a good movie. Right. It's not the case for Will and Jada. Will was in a good movie and G.I. Jane, blah, blah, blah. Jada Pinkett doesn't make very good movies. I just kind of thought it was a... kind of thought it was that. I thought she was in G.I. Jane 1 and it wasn't very good. As it turns out, it was a reference to Demi Moore's bald head. Right. The, The bald head and I guess just the fact that that like she was going to be angry at Will Smith because Will Smith won an award right. and she was going to, you know, take it out like a military member. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that's, that angle. That's that's the angle that I thought, which she was like, even Jada's response, I was like, dude, like. So I, they already hate each other is the thing. Jada and in, Chris Rock. In 2016, there was some curiosity about whether or not Will Smith would get nominated for concussion. Okay. But he didn't because it was the Oscars so white year. Right. And Chris Rock hosted the Oscars in the in 2016. Right. And he made a joke, I would have to paraphrase it, and it's fairly impolitic, about how Jada Pinkett was boycotting the Oscars this year, but that's a little bit like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so apparently- Like it was never going to happen. The Will Smiths and Jada Pinketts were not pleased about this joke. Right. And so there is a chance that they were putting on their little bow ties before the Oscars last Sunday. And they're like, well, if Chris Rock says anything at all to us, there's going to be hell to pay. Going after him. Yeah. Whoa. So I think it was potentially premeditated. Because the initial response, Will Smith laughing. laughing. There's a lot of like, ha ha, like seemed like he was being a good sport. And Jada does the, oh, didn't like that one so much. Yeah. And... But no one would have thought that that reaction would have led to and Will Smith marching up on strutting on stage like it's a joke. And Chris Rock's like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah. what do you think Chris Rock expected? Like, do you think he was just going to be like, hey, man, like, you, well, or you're, or maybe, you're not funny anymore. Or you're irrelevant. And then just, like, walk off the stage. Or, like, and he that does was... that, like, theater slap where you pretend and you actually slap your own hand. Like, right. like it could have just been, like, some weird, goofy thing. Although they're already kind of not pals. Right. So it was... Already starting to look weird, but Chris Rock didn't have a chance to process it quickly because it happened so insanely fast. Yeah. So he says he's not going to press charges and everyone's kind of like, I mean, big of you. Like, but like also it would have attracted a lot of weird attention. I find it strange that he hasn't really incorporated that into his stand up yet. He's like, he, I'll have more to say on that. But yeah, he did stand up in Boston and I think people expected it. And he asked them not to boo Will Smith because they're like, fuck Will Smith in the crowd. He's like, don't do that. I mean, right. he's going to say something great about it, I suspect. I think so, too. I I don't like I don't want it to become a thing where like the next Oscars like it's going to be like and Will Smith and Chris Rock are going to be on stage together because at that point, you know, OK, well, then there's nothing to see. 
I wonder if you know the thing that happened yesterday. I don't think I do. I definitely don't. I don't know what happened yesterday. Uh, Will Smith resigned from the Academy 15 hours ago. What? Yeah. So he's just like not going to be ever getting awards? So how it works is he, you have to renew your membership with the Academy every single year. And if you're not already a member, you have to be invited. Right. The thing is, he knows lots of people who would invite him. So it's not like he'll never necessarily have a chance to be in the Academy again. Right. But this is the PR move that he's chosen, which I do find really interesting, to, in fact, resign from the Academy ahead of potentially being expelled from the Academy or suspended for a year. I don't think he's going to be expelled from the Academy. But um, you have to be invited in order to return. He could also go as a plus one along with somebody. It's not like he can't enter the Dolby Theater. But in the meantime... He has no access to uh, voting in Academy events. Right. There was a whole lot of um, talk about did the, should the Oscars have kicked him out? And then they were like, actually, we tried to. And then like TMZ dug something up where it's like, apparently they didn't try to. I, was, I don't know. I was dubious of that right from the beginning. For one, I mean, he's sitting up front the whole time. You see him getting like publicist counsel. Apparently he got like bizarrely sage advice from Denzel at one point. And Bradley Cooper. They had like a 45 second Tyler, conversation. Tyler where, Perry. Yeah. Like, um, how, yeah. How does Chris Rock feel about all of this stuff? I think, I think basically the comedians at this point are like in Chris Rock's corner. Yes. Like, dude, like let's, Let's work it out. I'm sure Amy Schumer like met him backstage being like, are you okay? Like, what do we do? Tiffany Haddish is on the, the, the Jada side. Yes. Which like completely removes all agency from Jada. Like, yeah. I, like I know that anytime, like if Jen ever had like an altercation with something, she would, the last thing she would want would be for me to like, go like, be like, yes. Hey, really, really embarrassing. Like she's like, Oh my God. Like if there was ever anything, like I would want to be the person to like say something or, but otherwise just let's not have a confrontation. Yeah. But she didn't say anything of, of that nature in the, in the statement she made, which by the way, was like pretty, pretty homogenized and boring. Like she just said, it's a time for healing and I'm here for it. It's the same thing, (laughs) the same bullshit that he slung in his speech about how I want to be a vessel for love 20 minutes after striking violence at somebody on the most public of stages. Brent, who listens to the show sometimes, I'm not sure if he's going to listen to this one, but how could you not that we've been building up to this? This is the one. Brent, don't leave us. Brent, listen to this one. But he made a great, great point where he was just like, someone was like, I don't know, in our WhatsApp group, it was like, was that okay? Like talking... And Brent was like, no, it's never okay. Like, that's never an option. Like, I am not getting here up and for th- hitting someone. No, I'm <laughs> not here for the two-siding of this yeah. debate. Right. No, I'm really not. Yeah. And even if you want to discuss the alopecia of it, I, I didn't know about her alopecia, which is funny because I do Google her name all the time. <laughs> and she does talk about it all the time and she celebrates it. And I think that's fine. And I don't know that her celebrating it enables other people to make lousy jokes about it. I am not convinced that he did, in fact, know about it. Although it, there is important context that he made a documentary about women with alopecia like 10 years ago. Chris Rock, it's called Good Hair. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so that's like another interesting backstory. I don't think specifically about women with alopecia, but like... Black hair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> somebody dug up this old YouTube video of like... It's somebody made it like 10 years ago. It's not even a new compilation, but it's every time Will makes a bald joke against Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and the... the um... Uh, what was the 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 late night host where there's a clip of him making fun of the bald bass player 
I don't know oh. why his name's escaping me. I don't know. Oh, um, well, do you know I me mean Paul Schaefer? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's um, uh, whoa. It's a lot Arsenio of... Hall. Arsenio oh, Hall's okay. bass player. And he's like, see, that guy, everyone's got rules. Like, that guy's rule is he's got to wake up and wax his head every day. Right. And the bass player's kind of like, hey, man, come on. There's a lot of people who seem to think that they are the diplomat in the comment sections by saying that, end of story, you should never make someone's med- make fun of someone's medical condition. And I think that's sort of true. Although, and I'm not that learned on the subject, but like, let's let's be careful comparing alopecia to like cancer. Right. Okay? Yeah. Um. And again, like I don't think Chris Rock knew because first of all, it's not a great joke anyway, mm. and that's one of the other suspicious things about it is that Chris Rock thought this joke was good enough to tell. It's kind of dumb. Well, uh, yeah, and the funny thing is, like, I'm like, who wrote this joke for Chris Rock? <laughs> Some people think that it was ad libbed because it wasn't in the scripts that he gave the Academy. Oh, gotcha. Which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Which makes me wonder if, like, <laughs> I wonder if, like, Will and Jada were like we want to make sure that Chris Rock isn't going to make fun of us. And then the Academy was like, hey, don't make got fun these of them. scripts. That's bait. We can tell you that they, they haven't. Like, Chris Rock is not making fun of you. And then that happened and they just freaked out. I don't know. I don't know. But like, you're going to sit up front row at the Oscars and likely win. You're going to get roasted. It's yeah. just like, you just gonna have to put up with that. You yeah. don't have to like the person. You can certainly talk to them afterward and say, listen, it would I, I would really appreciate it if totally. you, you don't ever tell jokes about my family again because you and I aren't friends. Totally. Like then I think he'll probably respect that. But like you just embarrassed everybody. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. The rest of the Oscars. I was worried we'd be tinge. too bored of the subject to talk about it today. I'm not because I don't know enough about it. Like I, yeah. I've, I've followed sparingly. So what do you think about Will Smith's demons? He put out this memoir about six months ago, which we haven't discussed a lot. Nope. Um, but one of the pull quotes from it that they used to sell the book was that there was a lot of violence in his household growing up and that Mm. when his father would disparage his mother, he felt very protective. And in fact, there were times he can remember wanting to kill his dad. Whoa. Remember that? We used that as a Never Trust Will Smith one time. Right. And so like, there is a parallel here of like, loving a woman and seeing her disrespected publicly, maybe not publicly in both cases, but seeing her disrespected and using violence or, you know, the implication of violence yeah. to defend her. And in both cases, that's, of course, wrong. Yeah. And also both cases are nothing alike. Right. I mean, I think when people have demons like that, like, it's never really, je- like, you still have to live your life. You can't, you know, have these crutches of like, oh, yeah, I just, well, you know, I... Because of what happened, I I tend to hit people. No, exactly. Like, you know, and it's just like I mean, and it's not like oh, okay, well, you were you were in an abusive household, so you're good. Like there's thousands, there's thousands of people that were in abuse, millions and millions. And, and millions. also, if this was like Russell Crowe or somebody who's like had a history of, <laughs> or like Mel Gibson or something, we'd be like, well, that tracks. Right. That was uncomfortable. But like Will Smith is. Tom Hanks, a lot of people yeah, have made that comparison. Totally. Like he seems like a sweetheart. Totally. And it's so odd. Right. I said the other day, but Will Smith is like the Tom Hanks of Hollywood. And I was like, wait a second, Tom Hanks is um, the Tom Hanks That's Tom Hanks's, yeah. yeah. But imagine if Tom Hanks had done it. Oh my God. Yeah, I, but I feel like the reaction would be similar. Yeah, like it, it would. would be like, whoa, that does not keep up with, you know. And just deflate the room. No, I, I think, know. I remember reading 
before it was potentially debunked, I remember reading that the Academy asked Will Smith to leave and he refused. And I was immediately suspect of that. I was thinking... And they were like, okay, he's not moving. Exactly. Like, yeah. how firm were you? You probably tapped him on the shoulder and you said, excuse me, Mr. Smith. Do, do you think you, maybe do you think it's a good idea? Yeah. To... Do you think you'd like to leave? No, that's okay. I'm good. Okay. Uh, that's okay. I'm probably going to win an Oscar. Yeah. Okay. Can I get you anything? 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably what happened. All right, well, here's uh, Denzel Washington to give you a hug. <laughs> and give you Shakespearean advice. Yeah. Remember, yeah. when you're at your highest, that's when the devil that's gets when you. the devil comes for you. Yeah. Wild, man. Really wild times. Are they going to do it on SNL tonight? Uh, yeah, they're de- they're definitely going to talk about it. They're not going to let Will Smith off the hook no. for that. Gerard, Gerard Carmichael mm-hmm. hosting tonight. Yeah. I guess he came out as gay, like. Prior to being like, boom, I love Gerard Carmichael. I'm, I think I'm, he's, he's su- like one of the funniest people. I'm surprised he's famous enough to host SNL. I think he's got a, like, I think he's one of those maybe comedians, comedians mm. where people like really appreciate the type of stuff he does. I've loved all of his specials. I think he's got a new one out. Yeah. It's in that special that he comes out. Okay. Yeah. The gotcha. whole thing is about like being as honest with yourself as possible. Okay. And it is on HBO. I don't know if it came out last night. I think it must be out now, but the idea was that it would all come out before his SNL performance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So will he be involved in a Will Smith sketch? He because should he, be. He's so alt, right? Like it doesn't yeah. seem like he'd want to do. Donald Glover was on Kimmel the other night and Kimmel has just been like talking about uh, Will Smith constantly Nonstop. all week. Yeah. And he asked Donald Glover, what do you think about this? And Donald Glover is like... He's a lot like Gerard and like, don't, I don't care. That's, that subject is too mainstream about me. I'm bored by it. Yeah. And, uh, and I kind of gauge Gerard Carmichael the same. Yeah, it's true. Although he's got such a like, like when he first kind of came on the scene, he had kind of such a goofy, fresh prince kind of vibe about him. True. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they'll kind of play that up and if and it's in the neighbors right. movies, those are pretty mainstream. Yeah. 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 Um, that's really interesting about Donald Glover. I've been watching Atlanta. Yeah, three, I haven't seen any of the, of the new ones yet. It's good. The first episode is so, like, there's no main characters in it. Okay. It's one of those things. Ugh, yeah. And then, but the, the next two. Art, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next two, it's in it. It's just so, like, it It keeps its vibe of just, like, strange hilarity mm. and also, like, drama <laughs> up throughout the whole thing. I love it. Is it weird? Is it like, because yeah. it kind of oscillates between weird and grounded. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it is exactly that. All right. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Is that on Disney Plus? Is that how we can access it now? Um, I go through Crave. I don't oh, think. Oh, it's on Crave. I, I, yeah, I don't think the third season's on Disney Plus at okay. all yet. All right, cool. But what about, um, well, I want to hear more about his, like, I, I don't feel like Donald Glover is in the public eye a whole lot. Like, what was his interview like? It was cool. I mean, he's so cool, yeah. right? He's like so cool and he's very funny. He's not, well, he's not always funny, but I found him very funny in this particular uh, appearance. Yeah. Kimmel tried to get a little Lando scoop out of him. Right. And he didn't bite, although it seemed to imply that there's probably something in, in the cooker there. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. He mentioned Childish Gambino and he also kind of blew that off. Like, hey, I still make music. I think maybe Childish is not going to be used anymore. Okay. He'll make music as Donald Glover now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. I, I mean, I've got a little list of things that I've watched in yeah. the many weeks <laughs> since we lasted a podcast. Oh, it's so many things because we haven't done a podcast in so long. I finished Search Party, which was like truly one of the worst uh, falls from grace I've ever seen in wow. a TV show. 
Do you have any idea how that show ends? No, I have no idea. Do you know how it starts? Uh, I watched the first episode, right. so the, someone goes missing. Yeah, the idea is that these like Brooklyn hipsters and uh, some girl they went to university with is now missing, and they were not friends with her then, yeah. but Alia Shawkat is like really fixated on this the idea that you could just go missing and a lot of people wouldn't care. Right. And so the idea is like the self-absorption and the... Uh, projection of self onto other people's business of millennial culture in general. Mm -hmm. It's a cool jumping off point. I'm going to yeah. spoil the series for you. Sure, it ends it. with a zombie apocalypse. Oh, God. It's no. shockingly falls from grace. No. Yes. I thought you were going to say, like, she goes missing in the end, and that's like, no one knows where she is, and a new group. She like, does go missing in season three. Yeah. Or season you meant, you four or something. Yeah. yeah, they did that too. Oh, wow. I've that's... been watching The Dropout. I'm still one episode behind on that. Yeah, we, we are get getting through that i'm kind of like it's not it's never like a fun watch no I, the thing about it is like uh, my issue with the pilot was that they really empathized elizabeth holmes and i don't think that's the issue anymore no. certainly they don't empathize naveen andrews the, the character no. he plays no. sunny uh, i think the show is overall pretty well made yeah and i've consumed this story in a few different mediums now i'm interested in the theranos discussion i think that she's very good I think she should be nominated for an Emmy. Totally. Again, I don't think the story, like, I'm entertained by it, but I'm kind of tired in general. This is not a charge against the dropout specifically, just, like, entertainment in general right now. We're getting an awful lot of, like, douchebag CEOs and con men series. <laughs> yeah. Like, podcasts turned into shows. Totally. We crashed the Uber one. I've been watching that, too, the Uber oh, one. Oh, have you been watching yeah. the Uber one? I don't even like it. I don't yeah. know why I'm watching that. Gotcha. He's such a dickhead. Yeah, I haven't watched any more of that one. Yeah, you're not missing anything. I did watch the first episode of We Crashed. Anne Hathaway? Yeah, Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. Oh. Yeah, he seems to be everywhere right now because of Morbius. Right. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's a Marvel jump off or something. Sure. Like in the Venom world. Oh, okay. Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I rewatched Crashing, the Pete Holmes show. <clears throat> okay. Did you? You didn't watch Crashing, did you? I did. I watched the first season and I don't think I watched the second season. I think I maybe like Pete Holmes more than you do, but you're crazy not to watch that whole show. Yeah, no, I, I I could appreciate it, I think. You would really like it. Yeah. It only gets better. Nice. Yeah, I think it was really, really sweet. And he has a new show, which is surely not going to be great, but we should probably check it it's out It's like a point. bowling show on CBS. Like it's How like, we roll. How we roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they backed up a truck for him, though, so good for him. Did I tell you I watched Belfast? No. Belfast was really good. Nothing okay. more to say about it. It's exactly what you expect. I watched Amazing Spider-Man. <clears throat> Ah, Amazing Spider-Man? You watched? Right, no, the the most No Way Home. No Way Home. I no did way. too. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you like it? Sure. We shouldn't spoil it. Though. No, no, not that not they spoiler. would be a great great spoiler at this point, but like, uh, there managed to be a few things that I actually didn't see coming, and so that's yeah. really nice. And it yeah. just was like a great. It was a really warm, sweet movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was nice. <clears throat> and the acting was good too. Like those who you you I don't want to say their names, but you know full well they're going to appear in the movie, mm -hmm. really showed up for work that day. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't phone. <clears throat> it wasn't like a slight clip. It wasn't just a cameo. No. I watched Coda. Yeah. I watched it with Becky's what, parents what actually last weekend. I adored Coda. Yep, everyone does. Oh, I got to yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. I don't think it's it. I don't know if it's best picture material. Mm. Just based on like what tends to win best picture, I'm a little surprised that it won. Yeah. Maybe people just needed something sweet. It's such a safe movie. You're so nice. safe in this movie. Okay. Uh, and like, can you remember like last year I watched Mr. Holland's Opus? Yes. And I loved it. Yeah. It's kind of very similar to that movie. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I've been watching Life and Beth. Ah, Amy Schumer. 
It's really good. Yeah, okay. It's actually a really good watch. Amy Schumer, Michael Sarah. Mm. I f- I think I finished it. It was it was a solid show. Why doesn't Michael Sarah come around anymore? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. It was it was He has a, kids now. I know that. Yeah, which I think was like I think Amy Schumer like spoiled that. Like she oh. said something and she wasn't supposed to and whatever. It was supposed to be a secret. By the way, Amy Schumer, just to go back to the Oscars, I mm-hmm. thought she was the best of the three hosts. Yeah, I could see that. I thought that she was okay. I I don't get Wanda Sykes at all. Right. Nope. Yeah. People love Wanda Sykes though. Yeah, I guess. I again, like the, the whole thing where they go to the Academy Museum, it was like just full of cheap shots. Really? Yeah, I think she just has a silly voice. Okay. I know Hot I want I wanted to like be less of a hater on this podcast, but, but kind of didn't is, really. At least that is. At least that particular show, I didn't connect with one of the Feel how you feel. Yeah. Um. God, is there anything else? I I'm licorice behind. pizza. We haven't talked about licorice pizza. We haven't talked about. Did we not talk about licorice? Pizza? We just texted once back and forth. Oh, okay. So, yeah, my thing was I hated the ending. I I I love. I can't believe you hated the ending. I, being a PTA fan, I loved the ride. I hated the ending. Well, I'm okay with like a, a like a sad ending. Like I was almost kind of expecting like you know like Boogie Nights is like the craziest. Like it's a good movie, but it's like a, a heartbreaking. Like I would never watch it again. People watch Boogie Nights. Yeah, but isn't that like the one of the common themes of PTA movies? Inappropriate love. Like when you're in love with somebody and it's completely toxic and you shouldn't be. That's absolutely what's going on in, in Boogie Nights, and it's Phantom Thread to a T. But there's an age thing there that I oh sure find you're not supposed to be disturbing. comfortable with it at all. Yeah, but like the idea, I think, is that um, Gary wants more than anything to be perceived as more than a kid, and yeah. she just wishes she was still a kid because it's too sad to be an adult. And so, even though this relationship is not legal, <laughs> it's not it's not good for anybody. Um, at least they are happy in the end. Yeah. Happier. But I mean, think about what you're like, just think about what we're saying here. Like if the, yeah, if there, if there was a, a gender role reversal, mm-hmm. this movie would be absolutely like Paul Thomas Anderson would be booted out of the Academy. I think it would just be like, this is the, I strain, don't, like, I really don't think the movie condones it. I, I really don't think it does. And also there's not a gender reversal. So it's neither here nor there. But why is that okay? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's not okay. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think I don't think the movie condones the relationship. In mm. fact, I think it's saying you're uncomfortable with this, I, right? I just, well, I just guess wish what? it ended with a little more um, obscurity around it. Yeah. Like, even if she said "I love you" but didn't kiss him, I would have been like, <laughs> "That's a little ambiguous." Like, yeah. there's a friendship there. I thought they had every chance to like have her. Uh, learn by kind of like teaching him something about like li- here manage your expectations or like whatever but he was already knowledgeable um, I don't know just something where it was like we're both learning mm. and we can kind of maintain something or maybe we even have to like not hang out anymore but like yeah this journey is complete that's what I that's what I would have done and surely there was a moment where he's like well I think I have to end this thing with them both brokenhearted. And then yeah. he did like kind of a ballsier thing because he's a ballsy director. That's true. Yeah. And also, I think I texted you that I really thought the movie was going to do a surprise, not so surprise tonal shift. Like there's this weird tension in the end when you when she goes to dinner with the the candidate who she's working for. And yeah. then there's this, it was Benny Safdie. And there's a, and there's a 
twist about him. Yeah. And then there's like this creepy guy hanging out across the street. I thought something horrible was going to happen, right. which was not in keeping with the tone of the rest of the movie. And then that thing doesn't happen. Right. And it has exactly. this like creepy romantic ending. Right. Like I, I like the, the ride that you went on. There was like, it was like, okay, now we're, now we're selling waterbeds. Okay. Now we're uh like at Bradley Cooper and Barbara Streisand's house and Bradley Cooper. Streisand. Yeah, it's Streisand. Say it. <laughs> when she drives that truck, uh, or maybe he does it. She, no, she drives the truck backwards down the hill. Oh, so stressful. One of, one of my favorite scenes in a movie this year. It was so stressful. The whole, and then like Bradley Cooper drunkenly, mm-hmm. like walking down the sidewalk again, and them just kind of like somehow like avoiding. He's distracted. It. He sees some women. And he just can't An help but go chase them. Insane human. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I thought it was super fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the whole like gas station scene in general yeah he just like punches like he's clearly like everything was coke fueled with that guy well and also gary's supposed to be 16 and she's supposed to be 25 but then also there's reason to believe that she's like 28 or 29 because somebody i think it's bradley cooper asks her how old she is and she says 29 and then gary's like what and she goes 25 and so she's like i thought she said like 30 no, she's 20. Like the character's supposed to be 25, but then there's also like this weird slip of the tongue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I liked it. I thought it yeah, was Yeah, it's it, overall it was like a good watch. Mm. I just like I, I've never really had a movie where I'm like I liked 99% of it and then like really the 1% really ends up like That's how you felt about um No Time to Die. That is true. Yeah. That is true. That's the other one, like, where endings really sucked for me. That won the Oscar, Billie Eilish and Phineas. Oh, did it? Yeah. Was that exciting? Well, it was fine. It's like an okay song. I was kind of hoping that Lin-Manuel would EGOT, although he was home because his wife has COVID. Ah, uh, gotcha. So he wouldn't have been there for his big shining moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I'm trying to think of, like, other moments at the Academy Awards. That, like, everything is overshadowed. Paul Thomas Anderson did not win. Kenneth Branagh did. Is, is PTA ever going to win an Oscar? He's never won an Oscar yet. Never. Whoa. I think he'll keep... I don't think this was his movie to win an Oscar on. No, I don't but think his, it was, like, his, his Lifetime Achievement Award Sure, but his, his greatest movie is probably There Will Be Blood. And, like, that didn't win anything. No. Yeah, that's a that's a So he's one. probably going to end up being one of those people who, if he wins, it's he's going to get a Scorsese Oscar. It's going to be like a, a career Oscar. That but he always something. He always makes movies though. Like he's like, I don't think he can function without like having something that he's. I agree, writing. but it's not like he makes two movies a year. He makes no, no. a movie every two or three years. But he's also not like seventy five. No, I agree, but he's probably 50. And my point is, if he's like one of the great filmmakers of his generation, which he is, you'd think he'd have one in the bag by now. And mm. so maybe he's just like one of those guys who gets overlooked or he gets kind of... Because like, frankly, I've seen both movies and I think the Licorice Pizza screenplay is better than the Belfast screenplay. Okay. And I think he's probably written other movies that were better than the the movie that ultimately won too. What'd you think about Belfast? I thought it was sweet. Yeah, I thought, thought it was kind of like Roma, which is not an original comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the kid actor was really good. I haven't seen Roma either. I, I saw Roma. Yeah. I saw Roma, I remember, because I was pretty sure that it was going to win. Gotcha. And then that might have been the Parasite year. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, other than other than the... So, best Jessica Chastain won Best Actress, I gather, from... Yep from that talk i don't even think i went through the list of winners really uh well the dad from coda 
Uh, Troy Kotzer won Best Supporting Actor. Okay. So who, he's, won, who won Supporting Actress? Ariana DeBose, which was a lot. Oh, right. That was, she was going to win for sure. Yeah. So what's interesting there is um, she's only the, the second uh, Latina ever to win uh, an Acting Academy Award. The other one was Rita Moreno for the same role 60 years ago. That's wild. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, this is the third time that a character has won two Oscars for two performers. Um, so Maria and West Side Story is now the third. It's the first time it's happened with a female part. The other two were Vito Corleone and Joker. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a, a interesting tidbit. Yeah. And then, like there was no other. Dune won all the technical awards. Right. Did you fill out a pool thing? Yeah, I didn't win any money. No. No, because I wanted to vote like I wanted to vote on some underdogs and really no underdogs won. Right. Even Coda kind of became the presumptive winner. It, it did. Yeah. It, like the odds shifted from like 13 to 1 to yeah. like 2 to 1 or something right. in the end. Right. Wild times. Okay. What else is going on in the news? Uh, Bruce Willis has retired from acting. He yeah. has aphasia, which is really sad. And so the Razzies uh, redacted all of his, which I thought was that. I think the Razzies, I think we're at a point now where we're like, Okay, now we're just being mean. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they really kind of took a hit this year when they nominated uh, Ben Affleck for The Last Duel. And a right. lot of film critics were like, no, that movie was great, and Ben Affleck was really good in it. I was like, surprised by that, He just too. has a silly haircut. Yeah. Like, you're not trying hard enough. But I think this might be, like, the nail in the coffin for the Razzies. The fact that they were like, hey, we put Bruce Willis up for, like, 12 different awards, but he knew he had, like, an ailing condition, and... Mm. Uh, was probably just doing this to try to like make some money before. Well, the Razzies used to, they they were they used to be punching up, right? Because right. like actors were so distanced from us, and they still are, mm -hmm. but they feel more accessible now, right? And we certainly right. know their personalities more. It's just no need to to give somebody an award for how bad they were and something, especially if the insinuation is that they really cared about this project. Right. It's very different if it's. I don't know, Robert Pattinson in Twilight, who he like openly says these movies are bad. Right. Or Adam Sandler in Jack and Jill. Um, right. Amusingly, uh, Sandra Bullock won Oscars and Razzies in the same weekend. And she actually went to the Razzies, I think. Yes, I think so. I think yeah. she brought her Oscar. Oh, nice. I think that maybe is what happened. Um, cool. But yeah, I think we're kind of getting over it. We have enough mean spiritedness in our mm -hmm. world. Um, there did, was... you, did you see the Batman yet? No. Neither did I. No. Someone in class said it was like 11 out of 10 and the other person was like, yeah, it's like if Batman was emo. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> I'd be really suspicious of somebody saying it's an 11 out of 10. Yeah. But if you tell me it's an eight or a nine, I'm curious. Right. Because like how much new is there really to do? Yeah, I'm yeah. curious. Did you see that scene with the Joker? No. There's uh, I, I don't know if the Joker is actually in the movie. I gather that he's not, but they did cast a guy and they shot a five minute scene that Warner Brothers uh, released like a week or two ago. Weird. Uh, of he's already in Arkham and like Batman goes to visit the Joker to see if he can get like a little intel about who this Riddler might be. Right. And so it's a classic Batman and the Joker talking in jail, which is a dynamic they've used in, in other areas before. Yeah. And I don't know who this actor is, but it's creepy. And he's uh. got like really gruesome scars, way more gross than Heath Ledger. Oh, weird. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I like that. So that could hint to uh, uh, a recycling of that character again. But it's interesting that they have already like recast yet another Joker. Yeah. And like somehow it was kind of compelling and different. Brief, yeah. but like every there's six months a, we get a new Joker. There's a lot of room to play with that character. People want to be the Joker. That's true. It's really the Maria from West Side Story of comic That's book movies. That's right. <laughs> uh, 
so there was a thing with Doctor Who, which you and I don't really have a relationship to. No. This was about two weeks ago. There was a rumor that uh, Hugh Grant was going to be cast as the Doctor. I remember reading And they were going to like that. marvel up the franchise. They were going to like like bolster the budget, make it into a big hairy deal. Yeah. And they were going to get like a big famous guy, uh, a British actor, to play the Doctor this time around. And then Hugh Grant uh, quashed that. He said, no, it's not happening. And uh, Matt Smith, who's played the Doctor before, has said, well, I'll come back. He said, I think it would be cool if like the doctor resumes an old corpse again. Right. But he said something. There was like a qualifier there. He was like, but mm. it has to be like only me or something. Like there's something, something weird there. No, oh, I don't know. I, I, I just read the headline. I'm just a headline reader now. I don't I, have enough time. <laughs> I watched the first few minutes of The Bubble last night. This is the new Judd Apatow movie on Netflix. Oh, I, I know nothing about this one. It came out yesterday. He directed it, and it's got, like, Leslie Mann in it. Um, okay. But then also a ton of other famous people. Okay. Um, like Iris Apatow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a pandemic comedy. The idea is it's like a it's a Hollywood satire about they're making the sixth installment of this big action franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's literally COVID happening, and so they're all quarantining in a hotel. Right. And it has 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. And I watched the first 10 minutes, and I turned it off. Oh, God. Yeah. So very bad. But he's also making This Is 50. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I'm here for it, though. Are you? It's a time for healing, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember This Is 40 being such a bummer. Oh, it's not that bad. No? No, no, no. I I just watched it like within the last year. Yeah. I think we talked about I it a little bit. And, and we were expecting way more of a bummer. That's how I remember funny people too. Like I remember when I watched funny people the first time we were first learning that all Judd Apatow movies aren't just like dick jokes and, and stoner right. comedy. Yeah. Um, there's also like some heart in this, but that means you have to like endure a little bit of depression. Right. That's the case with funny people, which I think is a pretty good movie if it's a half an hour too long. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably what, what I felt about this is 40 as well. And, yeah. and some of that sadness is like pretty uncomfortable spousal squabbling yeah yeah definitely hmm. yeah there is a lot of like it does get pretty close to like break up and stuff but ultimately has a nice ending yeah i think that's all i have oh the, robert rodriguez is rebooting spy kids <laughs> that that actually i'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner me too yeah yeah me too who was in are the kids from spy kids doing anything now the the boy the brother is married to megan trainer now interesting yeah okay i don't know about her i don't think she does anything they'll they'll reboot it with megan trainer <laughs> megan trainer oh. so it's like a mexican family but they're right. but also megan trainer do you remember that you won't remember this but do you remember that like george clooney is in spy kids i actually like it it tracks for me yeah the idea is that there's like he's like the the charlie to their angels they're talking about this like head of their spy organization all throughout the movie and then they get him on a zoom at the end of the thing and it's george clooney on a zoom yeah <laughs> yep and it, also the franchise had steve buscemi elijah wood whoa yeah they're just having some fun it was a moment it was like let's let's do what, what was that like 2003 through 10 or 11 no not that late no yeah okay. 2002 through 2005 i would gotcha. guess but there yeah. was like multiple movies weren't there, there were spike it's 3d yeah oh yeah and then shark boy lava girl was a spinoff i think <laughs> that's wild yeah <laughs> the jimmies swapped shows last night for april fool's I day i saw that yeah that's kind of fun yeah i thought so too yeah good i'm surprised the network's like allowed it to happen but i yeah the late night wars are dead 
Yeah, I really wanted like, but Jimmy, I feel like Jimmy Kimmel's always kind of got like a thing against Jimmy Fallon. Like, well, I thought that too, maybe if only because like Jimmy Fallon is like so bubbly and Jimmy Kimmel is like irreverent. Right. But I don't know. I don't think he would have bought into this if he didn't think it was a silly, fun idea. Yeah, I don't think so either. There's obviously a reason for the two of them to be in other cities, though. There must have been like, why would they like fly to California slash New York? If only to do this. Well, it's funny. They almost had like the the taste test for this when they had the reverse guests on. They did this in the summer. Yeah. With Will Ferrell. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And so each one. Yeah. It was actually like, which was not great. Like what a weird. <laughs> well, what I was a weird reading the Reddit comments and, and Reddit annoys me because like as much as I criticize Jimmy Fallon for a few things, I find they, it's just too cool to hate Jimmy Fallon right. on Reddit. Now you're going too crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like, he's kind of like Nickelback. There's this idea that like nobody likes Jimmy Fallon and that's just fundamentally untrue. And right. also that he's untalented and that's just fundamentally yeah. He's untrue. also very likable. Like he anytime likable. you hear him talk to someone, there's, there's good stuff. Like the armchair podcast was great with him on it. Honestly, like he's a really good guest on other things and he can be great hosting his own show. Mm-hmm. My only major issue is that he's not a great interviewer. And I, no. I, that might just be like giddiness or it's probably not nerves, but like presentational anxiety or something. I just, it doesn't really work for me, but obviously I think he's good. And I like Jimmy Kimmel too. Um, but I actually think Jimmy Kimmel's audience liked Fallon more than Fallon's audience liked Kimmel. Because Kimmel brings his writers and he does like a masturbation joke and he does Mike Pence jokes. And yeah. like a lot of these like Big Bang Theory viewers went to see what they thought was Jimmy Fallon. Right. And they got this like kind of edgier guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And he made jokes about that too. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping like when he brought Guillermo out, I was hoping someone was going to be like, are you okay? Is he hurting you? Has he done anything? To you? <laughs> Should we talk about Moon Knight? Yeah, let's do it. There's a wild number of shows that have come in the time that we have been uh, on hiatus. Yes. But we figured this is the big one of the week. This is the big one of the week. Yeah. Uh, Am I going to recap it? Um, Do you feel comfortable recapping it? I can try it. Okay, let's do it. All right. I'll recap the first episode of of Moon Knight. Is only the one of them out so far? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know when they come out. I think it comes out on like Wednesday. Typically, uh, Disney Plus stuff comes out on Wednesdays. That was going to be the case for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but they bumped it by two days. That's five weeks from now. Oh, wow. Uh, we're going to get the soon. first two Obi-Wans on week one instead of just one. Yeah, so. I wish they gave gave us three Moon Nights, but they were, it was a 47-minute episode, so it felt yeah. like enough. Okay. All right. Um, I was a little lost. I, As it turns out, I really didn't know what to expect from this pilot. No, no. I, neither did I. Okay, so we're going to start in three, two, one. Oscar Isaac is this British guy named Stevie who works in a museum, like a like an ancient history museum, and he's he's having like all of these like weird visions and uh, oh shit, I forget what the inciting action is, but like there's a crazy thing where he's on a, a chase and he keeps blacking out right when he's about to die, and then when he wakes up again, he has like maybe killed all these people, and the voices in his head are American, but they're him, and he's running from some demons in the museum set upon him by Ethan Hawke's spiritual leader, cult leader character. And- my time is up and uh he realizes that this guy uh what's the mark mark graham anyway yeah mark is uh or maybe i got the names back backwards anyway no he's um, he's the american is mark yes he thinks his name is steve yeah steven um but the american is like talking to him and then like es- essentially 
Mark is like, you need to let me take over if you want to survive this. And so he does. And then right. he becomes Moon Knight at the end of the episode. And he's wearing this weird white robe and he, he uh, sedates the demons. The voice in his head is really like deep, though. I don't think it's supposed to be Mark. It's like, oh, God, the idiot's back. Yeah. Like, I think it's supposed to be that like big mummy thing or. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I was pretty right. lost. It's it, it, what it didn't do a whole lot to clarify for you. Like you, no. you, you were supposed to be lost. Well, he's already in the thick of this mania or whatever you want to call yeah. it when the thing starts. And I guess the whole thing is just a metaphor for for inner demons. And right, and he's supposed to have like crazy, um, like sleepwalking issue. Like he like chains himself up and right. puts like like sand around his bed because he he's got a habit of like doing things in his sleep that i think he puts masking tape on his door just so he knows yeah, if the door's been open multiple deadbolts and and he um after the whole crazy chase thing which was really violent and brutal he comes back and he puts himself to bed and like then he he finds like a motorola razor in his apartment uh, yeah and he he opens it up and he sees that there's like 40 missed calls from layla yeah and so he calls layla and layla's like where have you been? I've been trying to get a hold of you for like two years. Or, yeah, it's been like months or something. And he's like, uh, who do you think this is? And she's yeah. like, what's what's with that accent? And so there's, he clearly has like a whole other life. Right. When Oscar Isaac at first as like a British accent, my instinct is, how did I not know that he was British in this? Right. British people play Americans all the time, especially in comic book stuff, right. but never the inverse. Yeah. And so then I realized when they called him Stevie and I looked him up on IMDb and the character's name is Mark, I was like, oh, okay, this is not. Yeah. So clearly he's not going to be British the whole time. Right. Um, but that's the most we got. When they first yeah. called him Steve, I was like, no way did Marvel, because they already have Stephen Strange and yeah. Steve Rogers. I was like, we don't need another Steve. You can't Steve. keep relying on Steve. That no. the name. The... Um, the Ethan Hawke part of it too. So he gets like transported. He wakes up and he's in a field in like the Swiss Alps or something. Mm. And he, his jaw's broken and it kind of like automatically heals. Right. And, uh, he's beneath a castle. Yeah. It gets up and, and it looks like there's this kind of big, like mummy thing, like approaching him from behind. He turns right. around and it disappears. Yeah. And so then he's getting shot at, then he's getting shot at. He's running away. He's like in the town square after like trying to get away. And Ethan Hawke's character comes down and he does this big public thing about like, everyone's like touching him. He's clearly like a cult leader. He's trying to like weigh whether people are good or bad. And if they're bad, they just die right there. That's right. He just kind of clocks their internal energy. Yeah. He's, he's like, got this like kind of, it's, it's like a symbol on his forearm, like a tattoo, but it's, it's moving. It's a scale. Yeah. It's yeah. a scale symbol. And it's moving up and down and weighing whether they're more good or more bad. And towards the end of the episode, he does the same check of Oscar Isaac. And he says, there's chaos in you. And that's when the Demogorgon comes out of nowhere and starts right. chasing him. Yeah. And uh, he ends up like going into the, like he gets away from Ethan Hawke, I guess. And then he goes into the washroom and in the washroom, like Mark, he's there's there's several times throughout the show that he's looking into the mirror mm. and like thinking he's like hearing something else or seeing something else, and finally Mark shows up in the mirror. And His he's reflection like, kind of takes yeah. on its own personality. He's like, I don't know if he addresses him as Stephen. Maybe he does. Yeah, I think so. He's like Stephen, you gotta let me take over here. I can save us, but like, stop being a little bitch, basically. Right. So he is Stephen on some level. That's yeah. not like a put on. No. Um. I don't know where he is from originally, but he seems to have like a whole other life, a whole other personality as yeah. an American named Mark. Yeah. And that guy, 
Mark is also Moon Knight. And it doesn't seem like Steven's completely unaware of Mark. Like, it seems like there's a part of him that's like, oh, no, no, like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Like, he's not like, what? What's going on? Like, well, who? who Mark? Maybe Mark? He, he has some kind of diagnosis. Maybe he has, like, a, a multiple personality thing. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. is aware of it. And so maybe he's, like, trying to fend that off because he knows that chaos finds him when Mark finds him. Right. Right, and then because the, he's very mild mannered when he's Stevie, he's like he's kind of nervous. Like he um, he gets asked on a date by this girl, and then he shows up to the date, but he's completely lost track of time because well, he blacked out for two days. I think he so actually does the asking. She comes up and she's like, "Are we still on for like right. tomorrow? Like remember?" Yeah. And he's like, "What are like date tomorrow? Tomorrow steakhouse?" And he's a vegan, and he's like, "What? Oh, How? Did- yeah." So. Uh, Anyways, the show ends with him uh, as as a full mummy punching a dog in the face, oh, which yeah. was like the Demogorgon. He, the, like the final thing is him like turning, being like, oh, that's what Moon Knight is. He's a full. And apparently the show is being, I don't know if you checked Reddit television before doing this podcast, but the show is being like, like, um, bombed. Blast, yeah, yeah. Like, like review bombed. Yeah. By Turkish people. <laughs> Why? Because the Armenian, uh, Ethan Hawke references genocides that have happened. Oh. And there was like an, an an Armenian genocide that happened in Turkey, which that government refuses to acknowledge. Oh. Where and the record is that like like six in World War One, like six hundred to like six hundred thousand to like one and a half million Armenians were killed. Mm-hmm. Um and they are straight up saying the people of Turkey are straight up saying, like, that's not true. That never happened. Like they're I don't know. They this have... is this is propaganda, basically. Uh... Like, so all the reviews are like, "Go spurt your propaganda elsewhere." <laughs> like, maybe now that you've taken this stance, we'll also get review bombed on iTunes. Oh man, I hope it happens. How else is Will Smith going to learn about us? Come at us, Turkey. <laughs> yeah, this, that's right. Come and get it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're here for it. It's a time for fighting, and we're here for I it. I was fascinated by the cold open of the series. It actually opens on Ethan Hawke, who's like in a temple. Yeah. And he takes some glass, and he smashes it, and then he it's like wine glass. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's very like um, uh, the Da Vinci Code kind mm, of thing. That oh, guy yeah. who like tries to punish himself. Like Silas he, like, sh- yeah. is the Paul Bettany's character. Exactly. So yeah, he... he pours a bunch of like glass shards into his little wicker shoes and then he puts his shoes on and he walks out of the room he doesn't like like hobble out of the room clearly this is a like a a, a self-containment practice right of his. and he's just walking with his cane it reminds me of the time that i got glass in my foot when we lived together and you were kind enough to like search my scar for the glass yeah did yeah. we find it we found most of it. it it began a series of very unfortunate events for me there was a we thought we got it all, and then about six months later, when oh, we were both yeah. living at Halifax, I started to walk, and I started to feel a shard in my foot again, right. but the skin had grown over, and so it was just somewhere in my foot, yep. and to step on my right foot was excruciating all of a sudden, oh my God. and so I had to go get it cut out, so I had like a, a, sur- a day surgery where they cut the bottom of my foot out, and uh, they had a Dal student do it. She wasn't a doctor. That's she, what you want. Yeah, exactly, and she uh, did the stitches badly, and then... Um, I the stitches broke open and then I got infected and so they prescribed me amoxicillin which it turns out I was allergic to and I got oh my a God. full body rash. Whoa. <laughs> amoxicillin's like the most common. Amoxicillin and penicillin are essentially the same thing and right. I I was I knew I was allergic to penicillin and so they're like well oh, put you're you... you're allergic to penicillin? Yeah, from like the time I, did I was not born. Know that. Yeah, and we wondered 
Like maybe you're over that. Like yeah. you, I had an allergic reaction to penicillin when I was like a baby. Right. It was the same reaction, full body rash. So not like throat closing over kind of thing. No, I don't think so. Um, but we figured like, well, I don't know. That was almost 30 years ago or 25 years ago or whatever it was. Maybe you're not anymore. Right. Uh, but just to be safe, we'll put you on a moxicillin. Right. And I'm allergic to that too because it's Damn. basically the same thing. Damn. And so Moon Knight made you think of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it did when he walked on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. So do you give it your ass? I think I do only because it was like really compelling. And also it was, it was refreshing that it was Marvel, but I didn't feel overshadowed by the MCU of it all. There's right. absolutely no overlap no with the hint. Avengers. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No reference. Like I really enjoyed, uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously is that, you know, I mean, like the Statue of Liberty has Captain America's shield in that movie. Right. Um, but also it's kind of refreshing to not rely on Falcon and Winter Soldier has so much implication from what's already happened in the series. And Black Widow comes out after the character Black Widow has already been canonically killed off. And right. so it's just so much uh, encroaching other stuff weighing on the new series you're trying to enjoy. Whereas yep. here totally new and we've got these two actors fronting the series who are objectively among our very best right i yeah, definitely love both of these guys and ethan hawk in particular i think he was considered like on the level of like daniel day lewis and that like he wouldn't do this he wouldn't right. do an mcu thing but here he is doing it yeah yeah he seems like a cool guy yeah he has property in nova scotia yes i knew that yeah I don't know if I love the fact that like Oscar Isaac was like, I'm never doing another Star Wars movie and then like gets into a Marvel thing. Like he's like yeah. not at some point going to be like, oh my God, stop asking me Marvel questions. Don't do it. Well, and I think the difference is that his character kind of got sidelined in the Star Wars franchise and there was a little bit you of fraughtness just- in that trilogy and that it felt uh, inconsistent mm. and the directors were kind of all over the place yep. and and also there are some people, it's not necessarily my hard and fast opinion, but there are some people who just do not like what happened in that trilogy. Yep, and, fair and, and that's fair. He might be one of those people. And so he doesn't want to be too weighed down by that franchise. But I also see what you're saying. Yeah. Like he, he jumped into another franchise, which happens to be bigger and run by a lot of the same people. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> might say it's a Disney adjacent yeah. or owned by, anyways. Yeah. So I liked it too. I I do give it my ass. I yeah. do want to watch more of it. It's I do like brutal. Eh? It was like more violent than I expected. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like he, yeah, like even just like the blood on his fist or after like those, like punching those people. thugs getting like blasted off a cliff by falling logs yeah. and stuff. I will Guns. say, I was like really unimpressed by the CGI at some points. Like Interesting. on that cliff scene, I mm. felt like there was a lot of like very apparent CGI ness to it. Like. Okay cars that just looked like like animations yeah but then i i don't know i think maybe it was just my mind playing tricks on me you could see the seams you could see the man behind the curtain felt like it yeah but but i still i still watch it i want to talk about will smith just a little bit more we should but i need a pee break okay there are always people to bring it back to the (laughs) the task at hand there are always people who want it on the record Mm -hmm. that they said it was a hoax in case it turns out to be a hoax. Yeah, okay. And so there were certainly lots of those people immediately like saying, like, you could see that it was a fake slap. This was so staged. There's absolutely no reason to think that it was staged other no. than that it was shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, first of all, why would that be written content that Will Smith would slap Chris Rock? What does that achieve for anybody? Right. Uh, and then considering what immediately followed. Yeah, if he didn't do the yelling, 
you'd you'd wonder a little the bit yelling more. and then the the frazzled nature of chris rock he's yeah, so true. surprised true. clearly yeah. so uh it is funny that there were like st- until like a couple of days ago there are still people saying that it's a publicity stunt and maybe there still are i suppose right. that's possible is will smith's uh reputation changed forever some people think that that it is and i am not sure of that okay i i find it hard to i mean there's gonna be it it to me it's like the mike tyson ear bite yes i heard simmons say that too. did he say that yeah. okay yeah. it's hard to unbite that ear yeah it's hard to unslap chris rock now what's when we think of mike tyson now yeah i, th- I would say his reputation has has strengthened I would say sure. that there are things I'd list ahead of the Evander, uh, that's who it was, right? Yeah. Holyfield earbite that I would charge against Mike Tyson sooner more than, than that. Yeah, yeah. A- and also, I think Spousal Mike Tyson- abuse being yes, the main thing. I think Mike Tyson is way more of a cartoon. He's way less nuanced in the public eye than Will Smith is. Yeah, it was less of a shock. Well, that's the other thing is that he was famous for aggression. Yes. And Will Smith is not. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, it's been made into a very big thing. But, and I do think he's going to have to lay low for a while. Like, they might have to put that I Am Legend sequel on pause. Yeah. But I don't think that that's the end of Will Smith at all. Right. No, I think he'll be a hero again, in fact. How did you feel about the other stuff of, like, like if du- like Dwayne The Rock Johnson saying, like, G.I. Jane 2, and then it just, like, points to, like, Will Smith, like, clapping, like, as loud as possible? Oh, I didn't see that. Because, like, he's not going to go up and slap. Oh, I see the what rock. you mean. Well, this is like, there was a lot of whataboutism too. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to say, <laughs> Which well, like, I'm, I'm here for. I what love if, that. What if one of them wasn't black? Or like, what if one of them was okay, a woman? I wouldn't have or, said that one. What if one of them was Betty White? It's, well, it wouldn't have happened, <laughs> but it also didn't happen. So right. it doesn't, it's not here nor there. It's true. It was, it was Chris Rock who is like a, who is, I think one thing that really matters is that he is a lot smaller than Will Smith. Yeah, that does really matter. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't do anything for the favor of Will Smith. It wasn't no. like, like it makes it seem way less heroic. Not yeah. that it should have ever been viewed as heroic, but like if he didn't stand a chance mm. going up against like uh, Dwayne the Rock. Anyways, this is the road that I've been going down all week. It is fascinating. Mm. I mean, like what would, <laughs> the Rock wouldn't move. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't flinch, but he also wouldn't be able to make a joke about it right away. He wouldn't say. I like, think that, I think they would have had to cut. Yeah. He would have like. Well, like yeah you're right you're like what the fuck which which chris rock was as well but his first vocal reaction is like oh my god and he's kind of giggling through it yeah like almost like like, oh because he thought that will smith was getting up to do a bit yeah and even after the hand touched his face i think chris rock was still in the place of like is this a bit i gotta figure this out yeah i gotta figure this out quick maybe even though i just got assaulted maybe it is still a bit yeah and like i said you can still see him processing when he's in the background of the shot while while quest love is accepting his oscar he's still going like did i miss something did i black out am i moon knight what the hell just happened (laughs) (laughs) am i mark yeah i don't know if i'm mark or or stevie <laughs> the two worst names, by the way. Yeah, not interesting names. Pick something cooler. No, I know. Mark or Stevie. I'm writing something right now, and there's a lot of people in it, and I am constantly trying to like toe the line between like what like a Dawson's Creek would do, where name somebody like I don't know, like pathogen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing example. Incense. Yeah. Um, or just name them like Mark or right. something incredibly uh, uninteresting. And that's that's a, a careful line to toe. And it's all the more annoying if there are already a couple of Steves in your franchise. Right. 
<laughs> what what about like Kathy Griffin saying that now we comics have to be worried about people getting on stage and beating us up when we tell jokes. I mean, it's it's a bridge too far, but it's not yeah. it's not out of the question. I mean, he did kind of open like have you heard of like the Overton window? I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, but That's the a familiar expression. The idea of like Donald Trump like went so like he made such outlandish claims uh, that it almost made them more normalized. Like like when you take off like thirty percent of that, you're mm-hmm. like, oh okay, well that is it's almost like a like a bit of a negotiation tactic right. too. Like if we go so far one way, well he went to Z, so suddenly WXY are acceptable because right. they're not Z. Exactly. I see. Yeah, well that's possible. I mean, there's always going to be hecklers and there's always going to be people who get pissed off, but yeah. like. I don't know. I saw a thread. Uh, it was an Ask Reddit uh, ahead of Chris Rock's Boston show the other night. Yeah. And it was, what should his opening line be? Yes. And my favorite one was, okay, before we start, does anyone's wife have a medical <laughs> condition I don't know about? Yeah. The other one, yeah, the, the other one that I saw was someone who was like at a comedy camp and they said like the first comedian went like, so does anyone's, anyone's wife have a, is that, does anyone have a bald wife? Yeah. Does anyone have a bald <laughs> like, wife? Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, Jada looks good with the hair like that. Totally. And she's, if she's owning it. If she's owning it. Like, she's like, I. why wouldn't she be like, hell yeah. Right. Like, uh, also, G.I. Jane was like a, a strong woman that was bald. Like, also, also if, a good comparison. If to have. there is um, residual resentment from the joke he made six years ago at the Oscars. Yeah. I don't think he knows about it. At this moment, because I don't no. think he I don't think he goes out of his way to make a joke about them. Right. If he knows they don't like him. Right. Because he really does just want to make everybody laugh. Yeah. He says, Jada, I love you. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. I, th- I thought that was a, a f- the Rihanna joke was funny. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. So well, I don't know where we go from here. Well, we obviously do not trust Will's. I think no. we double down. Yeah. We double down on never trust Will Smith. We were saying it from the beginning. We do not trust Will Smith, and that certainly is cemented. Well, I just think, like, no matter what... The thing is, there's going to be, like, for a while, there's going to be a ton of Will Smith news, and then for a while, there's not going to be any. Right. And historically, there's always something, no matter how benign, because of the Red Table. Although, I guess the Red Table might not ever go away. The hilarious thing is that we've we've talked about, like, okay, there's some good news about Will Smith. Do we trust Will Smith now? Yeah, if but he gets in, the Oscar, in, does he In that tr- case, you just have to ask yourself, but did he hit anybody? Right. Yes. Yes. Like. Yes, he did. There, there is a flow chart, <laughs> yeah. and the answer will always be never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>